Whenever you see your kids struggling with fear, it could be really tough. I mean, how do you alleviate that? How do you acknowledge that? If we're honest, though, many of us as moms and dads struggle with fear as well. And it might be because of something that happened in our past. I'm John Fuller, along with my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, I wonder if you've ever had a child come in, uh, you know, the parents bring the child in because the child has this issue, but it's actually not the child issue. It's the root cause of all this is a parent issue. That happens many times, actually, John. Uh, It's a family system issue many times. And with the parents, I know I've had some parents have... uh, abuse from their past, and then they, they don't want to over-discipline, so they go the opposite direction. They don't discipline at all because they see discipline as bad, as, as something that could be abusive, and so they avoid it. And that's not helpful either. That's mm-hmm. abusive on another end or neglectful, really, to the child. But in reality, parents bring their own patterns, and within that, there are marriage issues sometimes that mix in with uh, child issues, and as a child acts up, it creates more marriage problems. More marriage problems begin to create more uh, behaviors that, that pop out in the mm-hmm. child. And I have had moments where I've said, you know, let's let's have a couple sessions with you guys first, and then we'll focus on what's going on with your son, because it seems that you guys are creating some of the mm. the the angst that is creating some of the behaviors and emotions in your son, and let's let's address those first. Good advice and uh, good starting points, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit more as we hear from Josh Straub and his wife, Christy. They're passionate about this, and they have a story to tell. Here they are with Jim Daly. Josh, let me pick up on what Christy was mentioning there. You you experienced anxiety as a child. I Hmm. guess the right question is, what was going on? And speak to that as an adult now and what that was like and what helped you. Yeah. And it's interesting because I don't know that I would have identified it um, as worry at the time. But at 10 years of age, uh, my parents divorced. And I remember my mom coming into the bedroom and, you know, she said, Josh, I'm moving out today. Do you want to stay here with your dad or do you want to come with me? Mm. And um, Wow, that's pressure. Yeah. That's crazy. 10 years old. And I had never seen my parents argue. I'd never seen my parents fight. And... So later on that afternoon, you know, there's this exchange in our driveway because my dad comes home and, you know, he's seeing his world come crumbling down. My mom's moving out. And there was an exchange there for me as a firstborn. There was an exchange there where I looked at my dad and I said, I'm staying here with you. And, it, and I didn't say this, but it was as if I was saying, I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, this is uh, hard. And so as a result, what ended up happening then, and then at 19, and today I have an amazing relationship with my mom. She and I have reconciled so much through the years. She's incredible, incredible grandma and, and, and everything. But for me, having to reconcile that, and then at 19, I found out that uh, or my dad's second wife left him, and she took everything. And so I go out, and you know, I'm working landscaping while I'm in college, and I go out, and I take care of him and buy all the furniture and everything to get him back on his feet. And it's like... There was this me taking responsibility uh, more than I needed to for other people. Yeah. And that transferred over. I didn't really feel it until we had a family and, and uh, I was crashing and burning. I was taking on all these responsibilities and I'd work really hard and then I'd crash and burn. And it was fascinating to me how this pattern, uh, when I entered therapy, 
was it took me back to that driveway scene. Yeah. It took me back to that very moment where I realized all this responsibility I was hanging on to went back to there and the anxiety that I was feeling about, you know, making sure everybody was okay and that I was, you know, became a people that pleaser. That you were responsible. That I was, yeah and, yeah, and that people were okay with me and that we yeah. were, and this anxiety about people will abandon me if I'm not, you know, dancing mm. in relationships really well. But even today, this is where parents, I think we become the most profound therapist for our kids in our home. Yeah. Because neurobiologically what's going on is what happens to us, the worry that we're feeling is happening in the right side of the brain. The left side of the brain is the linguistic language part of the brain. It's where we put language to what it is we're experiencing. And our ability as parents, as Christy was saying earlier, to get our kids to label what they're feeling, to draw what it is they're feeling, is what marries the right and left side of the brain together to help them tell their story. And, and, and Paul talks about this in Philippians 4, which I think is amazing. I mean, neurobiologically, he understood how a brain worked when he said, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What he's saying there is, go to God with your worry. Mm-hmm with thanksgiving and gratitude that he's going to show up for you Mm -hmm. and label it to him. Well, I I so appreciate the way you're balancing that because some listening are going, okay, you know, we're talking a little bit about psychology. Mm -hmm. They get a little uncomfortable with that. But really, any science is unfolding God's creation. And as Christians, that's how we need to look at it. It's not some mystery. I mean, science will, I think, unfold the truth of God's creation, right? Well, and I think, I mean, this is where I see fear and worry as being a gift. You know, we just recently read um, a great book by Chip Dodd, where he talks about fear and worry, like that every emotion is a gift from God. Emotions are a gift from God for for intimacy. They're not negative. That worry can be used as a way to build intimacy, you know, and scripture says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Worry helps us to understand who we can trust in life. Worry helps us to understand how to be vulnerable with the right people. And if we negate that, the opposite is moving to anxiety like I was doing where I'm dancing in relationships, maybe withdrawing, not engaging, not partnering with people because I'm afraid, well, you might hurt me. So we put walls up. Whereas if we can tap into fear in a healthy way and worry in a healthy way, it leads us to intimacy in relationships, mm-hmm. the awe and wonder of God who's showing up and saying, I've got you. I love you. You have nothing to fear because I am with you. It's the beginning of wisdom as adults, but also we help our children understand you can walk in the ways of the Lord. And this leads to intimacy. Well, such great perspectives, and I appreciate the stories from Josh and Christy Straub. And uh, Danny, Josh mentioned Philippians chapter 4 you know, bring our worries to the Lord. How can we kind of help our kids do that when they're younger? How can we help them realize that God is actually big enough to handle all of that? Yeah, and just by Josh bringing Scripture into it, just talks about the importance of us going to God's Word uh, around the, the, the part of worries, right? The, the idea that there are worries that will constantly be present in our mind and knocking at the door. And I love that he chose chapter 4 of Philippians. I love 4.8, hmm. uh, where it talks about think on these things. Yes. And it points our thoughts somewhere, which, which indicates that we have some control over our thoughts and we can reach for a better thought. I hadn't realized that, but yes, Paul is admonishing the reader, hey, 
this is what you should be thinking of. Yeah, you, can, you can point your thoughts in a direction. Mm-hmm. So how do you model that in your house? Do you reach for the better thoughts? Uh, when emotions show up, do you tell your kids, you let them into your world where you're going, well, I could think this, but I'm going to reach for the better thought or the healthier thought here or the thought that is more true or trustworthy or... Um, you know, when you, you could go through that verse 4 8 and talk through those with your kids on examples of what each of those descriptions are. Also, some families will do a box of worries. You teach kids to write down a worry, put it in a box, pray about those, but also know that worries will always be there. What do I want to do with this? And sometimes kids just writing them down, putting them in a box, they allow themselves to go to sleep. And you can go, hey, you can pick those up in the morning if you want to. And you give them a sense of choice with the worry thoughts, that it's something I can choose to pick back up if I want to in the morning. But for now, I'm going to put it in my box. I'm going to decorate that and know that it's not bad. It's just something that I need to give rest to sometimes. And then uh, with those worries, as they're solving them or as they're seeing truth overlay those worries, you crumple them up and you go, hey, look, a new truth has come in. That's fantastic. You're growing you're, you're, you're growing in your ability to manage uh, worry and fear, and uh, you're, you're able to use fear as a friend rather than an enemy in your life and helping them see that fear can change thoughts in the wrong direction. A big one is prayer, teaching them to pray when they're worried because prayer is about the mind. Hmm. It's a connectedness with God, and when we pray together, we're uniting our minds in a certain direction, as Paul talks about in Philippians 4.8 that we're pointing our mind in a direction in prayers about trust in a heavenly father who's powerful, who cares deeply for us and knows the moment we're about to face and the fears we have. Mm. And he says, do not worry. Why? Because he wants us to trust in him, not because he's trying to make us feel bad about it, but he's saying, man, it blocks so many things. And you miss out on so many things when you get stuck hugging worry Mm. rather than hugging me. Well, those are terrific insights, Danny, and I really appreciate your expertise and your experience and how you bring to the table uh, kind of a melding together of of biblical insights and real-world experience for us. And uh, certainly that leads right into the book that Josh and Christy wrote called What Do I Do With Worry? And uh, we're making that available to you as a mom or a dad to read through with your kids, to have conversations about it with your kids. Uh, make a donation today of any amount, and we'll send the book to you. Uh, we're a listener-supported ministry. We need your donations to continue on the great work that God has en- enabled us to do, to have uh, an equipping and encouraging ministry for moms and dads literally around the world through podcasts like this and so much more. And so please uh, join the team, be a supporter of Focus on the Family, and when you sign up today, we'll say thanks by sending a copy of What Do I Do With Worry? Details are in the show notes, and when you're there, be sure to look for the link to an article written by Josh Straub called, Are Your Parenting Fears Hurting Your Kids? Uh, Again, we'll link over to that in the notes. Next time, Dr. Gary Chapman shares about ways to express love to your child as we continue looking at the five love languages. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.